So today, I'm actually here to offer you the opportunity of a lifetime. Timeshare ownership, it's an opportunity to invest in a lifestyle. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really not here to talk to you about that. I am here to talk to you about charitable giving and, and fundraising. But the truth is, is that sometimes when we're raising money or we're asking for donations, it can feel like we're trying to sell a timeshare, right? Because the truth is, is that sometimes raising money or asking for money can be hard. But we believe, and hopefully this is on display today, that good business starts with education, right? So we want to help answer those questions, the how, the what, the when. So how can your donors give to your organizations? What is the best type of asset for them to give? And when is the best time for them to give? We also want to remember that there's lots of places that people can give money to. They're choosing your organization because they believe in your mission. In addition to that, if they are going to give to your mission, what is the most financially beneficial way for them to give? And in addition to that, if they are giving, we want to make sure that we're making it easy on them. So Josh mentioned the updated tax code, the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act. It was greatly affected charitable giving. Some good, some bad. So the good is, is that they did maintain the charitable deduction. They actually raised the limit of cash contributions from 50 to 60% of adjusted gross income. They kept the appreciated asset limit to 30% of adjusted gross income. Now the downside is, is they actually almost doubled the standard deduction. And the state and local taxes, which is your Massachusetts income tax and your property taxes is now capped at $10,000. So why did that have such a great effect? Well, if you take a look at 2017, there were about 37 million households that itemized. That is going to go down to an estimated 16 million in 2018. And why is that? If you take a look at a married couple, the standard deduction is $24,000. Now, if state and local taxes are capped at $10,000, they need to find another $14,000 worth of itemized deductions in order to itemize, to be over that $24,000. So let's take a married couple that has the $10,000 in state and local taxes, plus an additional $5,000 of mortgage interest. If they then contribute $10,000 worth of charitable contributions, they're only getting credit for that last $1,000 worth of contributions. And that has a great effect on whether people are going to give. The feedback that I've had so far is that it doesn't necessarily affect the top end of those contributions, but a lot of those smaller contributions may not come in because people aren't getting that benefit from doing so. Again, the last thousand, if they're in a 35% tax bracket, if we multiply that a thousand by their 35% tax bracket, they're getting a $350 savings. Now, if you push that over into a longer time period, take three years, for example, if they're earning $350 per year for a total of $1,500 for $30,000 of contributions, that's not a ton. One thing we've been talking to our clients about doing is what's called the bunching strategy. So what that essentially means is take that $30,000 worth of contributions and make that into one year. When you do that, that raises the total benefit for the donor from $1,050 to $7,000. $1,350, and that's a big difference. So the question that I'm often asked is, well, doesn't that affect, you know, the, the organizations aren't going to see those contributions from me every year. Well, if you make that bunched contribution into a donor advised fund, what you're going to see is uh, what they're able to do is get the tax benefit in the year in which they make the contribution, but distribute it to those organizations over whatever time period they'd like.
So it doesn't affect the cash flow of the organizations that they're giving to. So a few strategies that might make sense for your donors. So the easiest one that everyone's most familiar with is going to be cash, right? So you get to deduct that against your income, which is, which is great, but it's actually the least tax-effective way for your donors to give. Another one would be donating appreciated assets directly to your charities. As I'm sure you all know, there's a little more work both from the donor side and from the receiving side to figure out what exactly to do with that asset. What's interesting about donating appreciated assets is that 80% of donors actually have appreciated assets, but only 21% of those donors are donating them. So most people are actually donating cash, which is, again, really the least tax-efficient way to make those donations. Another one which I mentioned earlier is going to be the Donor Advised Fund. So what the Donor Advised Fund allows is some flexibility um, and convenience. So with the Donor Advised Fund, you can donate a wide variety of appreciated assets. So not only the stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and things like that, but you can actually do privately held stock of S-Corps or C-Corps, life insurance, Bitcoin, if anyone has still made money in Bitcoin, I'm not sure. So it does provide you some flexibility there. Another strategy that we've been talking with our clients about that um, isn't as well known is what's called a qualified charitable distribution. What this does is if for those clients that are, or for those of your donors that are over 70 and a half, you're able, they're able to donate their required minimum distribution directly to a charity. And this is really the most tax effective way for them to give. So a lot of people that are taking their RMDs either don't want the income or they're already in a really high tax bracket and, and don't care to give that way. So this actually wipes off 100% of that income off, off of their uh, tax return, which is a very nice thing. The last strategy that I'd like to talk to you about is actually making the, your organization a beneficiary of a retirement account. What's nice about this is that neither the person that owns the IRA, their heirs, or their estate, they don't have to pay income tax for the distribution of those assets. So if it goes directly to your organizations, you obviously aren't subject to income tax, so you get to use the full value of that retirement account, which is a huge advantage. It will still be included in the gross estate, um, but the estate would get a tax deduction for the amount that goes to charity.